Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Adrian is a wonderful six-month-old male who presents today with mom and dad. All has gone well. He's breastfeeding every three to four hours, sleeps through the night, and smiles broadly whenever he sees his parents. Dad says, I wish Colin, their older son, was so easy. Colin had eczema in the first year of his life, and Adrian's parents thought it was due to an egg allergy. What should you recommend for Adrian now that he's ready to start solid food? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Associate Dean of Interprofessional and Community Partnerships at the UMass Chan Medical School, Tan Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Frank. Frank, this is great and a really timely subject. So we know lots of parents are really concerned about their children developing food allergies, especially in this case when they've already had an older child with it, but very few ever report serious adverse events. Can you tell us what is the difference between a food allergy and a food intolerance? You know, I I had to learn about this subject for a family member, and now I hear about it often with patients. So a true food allergy sets off the immune system. Uh, Think about like a bee sting allergy. They have anaphylactic-like symptoms. Even small amounts of a food, when there's a food allergy, can trigger a range of symptoms, some of which can be life-threatening, hypotension, tachycardia, diaphoresis, etc. In contrast, a food intolerance normally just affects the digestive tract and has really very little to no serious side effects. Sometimes it causes some bloating. Sometimes it causes diarrhea. It does not cause a full-blown or multi-system attack. Great. Um, thanks for clarifying that. What what do we see commonly as food allergies in childhood? It's interesting because lots of people have thoughts about, about food allergies, but there are really only eight foods that make up the vast, vast majority of true food allergies. Um, cow's milk, eggs, fish, shellfish, tree nuts, peanuts, which are not tree nuts, wheat, and soy. Uh, these are the are the most common and most concerning of food allergies. And that's why when you look at a food label, um, sometimes you'll see this product contains soy or is manufactured in a plant that uh, also uses nuts. The, the point is that the FDA requires that that be disclosed on food labels. Oh, so eggs and nuts have to be on all food labels. And what is the natural course of these food allergies in children? Well, um, Really, it was unclear. Mostly, it was anecdotal data. Um, A a very large study was done in in Melbourne, Australia, that tried to look prospectively, and they called it the Health Nuts Cohort Study, which I thought was kind of funny. So what they did was they took 5,000 children at age one, and they all gave them skin prick testing to the four common food allergies, peanuts, eggs, sesame, and either cow's milk or shellfish, depending upon their, their diet. And those children who had a reaction to the skin prick testing underwent an oral food challenge and further testing. And then they followed those children over six years. Children who had a food 
allergy at age one um, were were tracked. And and it was interesting about at age one, about 156 of the 5,000 had a peanut allergy and over 470 had a raw egg allergy. So they followed those folks through um, till age six. And, and, And what they found was that by age six, very few people developed new allergies, okay? 0.7% developed a peanut allergy and 0.09% developed an egg allergy. So the overall presence at age six of a peanut allergy was just 3% of the population. Now, this is 3% of the population that tested positive at age one. Of egg allergy, it was less than, it was about 1.2%. So the bottom line here is that by age six, even children who develop have a known food allergy at age one, 89% of those with egg allergy will resolve by age six, and about one-third of those with peanut allergy will resolve by age six. So what factors were associated with an increased peanut allergy? And that was initial skin prick testing of over eight millimeters, so a very high reaction, also having sensitization to tree nuts as well as peanuts, and early onset severe eczema. And we've all probably seen that rare child who is just covered with eczema in the first year of life and and suffers greatly. Factors associated with persistence of egg allergy at age six, again, remember, most of those children resolved. A four millimeter wheel with skin prick testing, other food sensitizations like peanut or sesame allergy, a baked egg allergy, and early onset severe eczema. And in fact, again, the severe eczema in the first year of life was probably the most predictive for both of these situations persisting at age six. Interesting, Frank. So what can be done to prevent these food allergies? What are the current recommendations? Yeah, this was kind of the big takeaway for me. Uh, And it's some of the stuff we know but maybe need to be reminded of. The first is exclusive breastfeeding in the first three months of life is protective against a number of situations, but even more important for children to protect against eczema. So if they have a a sibling, a prior sibling who's had eczema, three to four months of breastfeeding is hugely important. Even a small amount of breastfeeding will also protect children in the first two years of life from developing things like allergies and asthma. So try to encourage your parent, your moms, if they can, to get through the first three or four months of, of life doing some breastfeeding. There is no evidence that supports restricting a mother's diet has any impact on the development of allergies if they're breastfeeding. So we used to say, oh, I eat garlic and it affects the child, or there's certain foods that seems to set it off. There's no true data. That's all anecdotal data. Um, sometimes parents want to change to a different formula. And the hydrolyzed formula is advertised as the lowest risk to cause a food intolerance. Um, There's no data that supports that, that, that. And believe it or not, in 2008, there was a report that said hydrolyzed formulas might be safer for high risk eczema infants. And, And we now have good data that show that's not true. Probably the thing we need to talk about parents with the most is introducing safe forms of peanuts and eggs around six months of life when you start introducing other forms of solid food. Um, 
the the eggs are easy. They're they're very easy to scramble. Unlikely for a child to choke on it as they're able to. Add, you know, if they're able to tolerate other solids, adding egg in is simple. Um, ground peanut is really very helpful. So probably not peanut butter, but ground peanut powder is what's considered safe. And um, uh, for infants who are at high risk, again, if they have severe eczema already, the other recommendation is to consider sending them for formal allergy testing. So those are the basic high points. I think we need to remind parents that breastfeed for as long as you can, um, introduce eggs and peanuts around six to seven months of life in small quantities that'll lower the risk of going on to develop a food allergy. And just as a little caveat to that, the current recommendation is also to introduce fish around uh, eight to nine months of life. Um, These are things that are simple to do that we can recommend that will lower the risk of adverse events like severe eczema and food allergies. That's great, Frank. So what are we going to tell Adrian's parents? They're clearly concerned. Yeah, I think we need to have them, you know, encourage mom about her breastfeeding, make sure she's drinking adequate water, taking her prenatal vitamins, et cetera. Tell her not to worry about altering her diet and teach them how to introduce solids and including in that solids, uh, once the child can tolerate most solids, introducing ground peanuts and scrambled eggs. That's great, Frank. Great information. Jill, thanks so much for chatting with me about this. You're welcome. Practice pointer. To help lower the risk of nut and peanut allergy, introduce these foods starting around six months of age. Join us next time when we talk about treating hypertension in the elderly and possibly liberalizing our treatment goals. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.